The gospel this morning is from St. Matthew, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, and can be found in your pew Bible on page 1497. Glory to you, O Lord. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all of Jerusalem with him. And when he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. And then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star that they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. And on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down, and they worshiped him. And then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Please pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. I like the story, the historical account, rather, of the Magi. A lot to be gleaned from it. One thing that I gleaned from it is that um, wise men ask for directions. Can I get an amen, ladies? Wise men stop and ask for directions. You know... uh, I can relate to the king in this to a level, and I can relate to the magi in a level. And, and perhaps as, as I explain this to you, maybe you can too. 
It always puzzles me in, the, in Scripture when, especially the psalmist writes, I delight in your law. Now, there's some laws that I delight in here on earth, here in the United States, and there's others that maybe I don't delight all that much in. I always go to this, and it's my, it's my go-to because, it, frankly, it's a big part of my life, driving. Oh, brother. But don't we love the law in that there are speed limits set? And don't we love it that we all have agreed that we drive on the right side of the road and, and that we stop at red lights and we stop at red I mean, that's a good thing, right? Now, there's times when I don't delight in the law, and, and I'm sure nobody here has ever seen this in their rearview mirror, but the lights are going off, right? Red and blue, I see you, pull over. I don't really appreciate the law then, and I certainly don't appreciate it when I get the bill and, and when I send it off to the county, and um, that, that part of the law is a little hard. Another type of law that, uh, that we might not appreciate either is parking laws. Has anyone here ever gotten a parking ticket? I mean, I was only there for a minute. Okay, it was a while, but it's Laguna Beach, and there was no place to park, all right? What do you expect me to run up and feed at quarters and yay, you know, there you go. We have a way of not really, um, as the psalmist says, I meditate on your law. Oh, how I love it. Now, Herod, Herod represents somebody that is kicking against the goat of the law too. How? Well, Herod's the king. And Herod hears that there's a child that is going to be born the king of the Jews. How do you hear that? Well, the wise guys, I mean wise men, stopped and asked for directions. This is bad for business for Herod. This is bad. And they know how, how he was, uh, how and where he was going to be born. Why? How? Well, we have a road map. A little life's instruction book, don't we? Do you notice that there's, but you, Bethlehem, that comes from Micah. Micah 5.2, found on page 1445 of your pew Bible. I looked. And there it is. A revelation. It, an epiphany. Um, I think they're kind of interchangeable. An epiphany can be something that actually changes your life. Something, it's like the uh, comic strips used to put a light bulb up, right? Ding. You know, oh, an epiphany. And here is a book full of revelation, full of epiphany. If you only read it, we wouldn't be lost. I had a t-shirt once that says, yes, I am lost. But I'm making great time. And I think... Outside of the life uh, with Christ and outside of walking with Christ, that's what we're doing. We're, yeah, I'm lost, but I'm making great time. Or, yeah, I'm lost, but I'm having a great time. And we have this, these directions. Okay, so Herod, kind of a creep. Anyone want to argue that with me? 
not a real nice guy. And he talks to these wise men, and these wise men, um, they were astrologers, and they were uh, uh, scientists, if you will. I mean, these were, uh, these were wise men. They knew how to read signs and see the, uh, the universe declaring, can I go so far as to say, declaring his majesty. I mean, do you guys notice a new star if it comes up? I notice the moon. Ooh, cool, you know, and away we go. But these guys studied. And so when Herod gets to them and he says, hey, I got an idea, and I, I can't help but put a kind of a funny voice to him. But uh, Herod, you know, can you imagine? Hey, guess what, guys? You know, you, I, this is wonderful. You go find the Messiah. You go find this baby. Let me know where he is because, well, I want to go worship him too. Liar. He didn't like the law because there's going to be new law coming. The king of the Jews. He said, wait a minute, I'm Herod. I'm the king of the Jews. Well, after Caesar. But I've got my own little area that I'm in control of, and this is bad. I'm going to make sure that this is gone. Herod reacted to the epiphany, to the new law coming, not loving it, not meditating on it for good, but wanting to subvert it, wanting to derail it, wanting to stop it. Sometimes we look at law and we want to subvert it and stop it. Sir, I got you at uh, 80 miles an hour. No, no way. I'll see you in a court. I'm going to argue it, right? You know those, those radar things aren't calibrated. Yeah, they are. But we want to subvert the laws, don't we? What other parts in our lives do we want to subvert the law? I love your law. I love your words in this book, except for those ones that I might want to reinterpret and say, well, that was then, and this is now. And what was culturally right then is different now. Anyone ever had any of those arguments? Yeah. Yeah. So he reacted, Herod reacted with disdain, with calculated a plan to subvert, as opposed to the Magi. The Magi knew that there was a new king coming, and the Magi rejoiced in that. They meditated on that. They planned on that. They traveled to go see that. They wanted what it was that he was bringing. And they were obedient. Let's contrast that with something else. Let's say, uh, I don't know, is there anything that, that maybe you're being disobedient in right now? Oh, pastor, you drive too fast. Yeah, that's me. But I'm asking you to think about you. Where is there a, a part in your life that you aren't running to in, in obedience? And how is that going for you? Are you lost and making good time? Tell me. Paul, in his epistle, 
I love when somebody is speaking and they say, here's the point, and I'm sure you do too, especially this morning. But here's the point is what Paul reveals. He says, there was a mystery revealed to me of God's grace. The mystery is that of Christ revealed by the Holy Spirit. That he also revealed to the apostles. And the mystery is this, that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel. There's the gospel. The law came in with this baby. The law came in with Christ. The last king, the last uh, priest that we would ever have. And not just for Israel, but also for the Gentiles. And I thank you, Gary, for pointing that that out because that is the the thread that weaves through all of this this morning is that you, a Gentile, matters to God. That you, who were considered the least by God's chosen people, are equal to, in the Father's eyes, co-heirs. That this gift that was given is for you. And that's his revelation. That's what his epiphany was. That is what Paul is telling us. And so he also gives us a job description. When he says that he became a servant of the gospel by the gift of God's grace, by the working of his power, he is humble. He says, I am less than the least of these. That is all God's people. As a pastor, as a shepherd, Paul came and said, I'm unnaturally born. I am the chief of all sinners. And he cared enough for me to change me. Paul was an expert in the law, but Paul, before his epiphany before his revelation that's all that he was an expert at the law and it didn't give life but on that road when he met Jesus he was given life he was given eyes to see how ironic even though he was blinded to see God in the midst of this what a wonderful testimony it is for God being able to do anything when you have one of the greatest persecutors of Jews of the time and he comes and now he's proclaiming a gospel that includes a life eternal for even Gentiles. He goes on to say that his job description is that he is to and you are to and I am to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ Jesus. To make sure, to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery. Grace given by God, the creator of all. So that God should be known to the rulers like Herod, like Magi, like you, like me. To the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly realms. The main point is this, in Christ, we can, through faith, approach God with freedom and confidence. 
it's interesting that we all are going to have this, this feeling to subvert the law or obey the ones that we are comfortable with obeying and overlooking the ones that we do not. We have the ability to look at um, this world and justify things. I know this particularly in, in the realm of uh, those that are fighting uh, addictions. It, it, it is oftentimes been, been looked at as Egypt. And, and when times get tough, we want to go back to Egypt. Yeah, I know I'm lost, but I'm making good time. And boy, Egypt was really nice, wasn't it? And, and Herod wanted what he, he wanted to keep what he had. So he was going to break the law. He was going to try to subvert God to keep what he had. Egypt calls. It might have even called to the Magi. Who knows what might have happened to them had they gone to Herod and done what he said. We know that Herod was furious that they, now listen to me, he was furious that they took another road. Come back to him and do something that was evil. They were given an epiphany of their own, a revelation of their own to not go back to Herod. They chose not to go back to Egypt or to Herod. There's a metaphor there. They chose a different road. And that is what we are called to do. We are called to speak out to those that have chosen the wrong road. We are called to, to show them, as Paul says, the grace and the peace that comes from our Lord. That they might choose a different road. How is that done? Well, in our, in our roadmap here, our GPS, the Bible, we know that Again, uh, through our baptism, we get recalculated. Have you guys seen that commercial, Mayhem on TV, where the guy says he's, you know, recalculating, right? Well, well, we get recalculated when we were baptized or that we are baptized. How? Well, we die a death like his and we rise in a resurrection like his. The old is dead. The old is dead, and the new man comes up. That is taking a different road, not one that goes back to Egypt, but one that goes to the Lord, one that comes to Jesus. He gives us another epiphany. He gives us another revelation. He gives us another comfort and experience of grace in his Sacrament of the altar whereupon he says that I will be there with you. And I am in those elements. I am in the water. I am in the bread. And I am in the blood. And that is one of the ways that I express and give and pour out my grace and my, my forgiveness and my salvation upon you, those that who believe. So we don't have to be lost. And we don't have to be like Herod, trying to subvert that which is. 
that's that which is and what that which is 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 here that God so loved the world here we go again can it be that simple yeah it can the simplicity of this gospel is that God so loved the world he loved you the Jews and the Gentiles that God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son that whoever should believe should not perish but have everlasting life so the question is if the directions are that simple why why don't people grasp it i can't answer that for you all i can say that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup that we proclaim Christ's death and his resurrection and his wonderful coming again. And that's enough. As often as you come together, as often as you break bread with each other, as often as you are kind with each other, that's enough. As often as you reach out and cry out to the Lord who can give you all things that are necessary and needed, and he answers that that's enough. As often as you come to this table, that's enough. In the name of Jesus, amen.